Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Maura Dickler. She's the Vice President of Oncology, Late Phase Development at Eli Lilly. We're going to be talking about thyroid health and uh, an FDA approval they're, they're working on or have achieved, I'm not sure, it's, uh, a substance called Ritevmo. Mm, my pronunciation is not so good. Uh, yeah. That will affect uh, thyroid health. So, Maura, welcome. Thanks. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So um, what's the area of, of, of thyroid health? How is uh, Eli Lilly helping to impact it? Retevmo is, really addresses both the papillary thyroid cancer and then medullary thyroid cancer. And um, both of those types of cancers have that genomic alteration. So Retevmo, sure. to be very specific, is a selective RET kinase inhibitor. And it's one of these new um, precision medicine or targeted cancer therapies. And it's really designed to inhibit the primary driver of tumor growth in advanced or metastatic RET fusion positive papillary thyroid cancer or RET mutant medullary thyroid cancer. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that you had um, papillary thyroid cancer and often that type of cancer is caught early and is highly curable. But in a small proportion of patients, that type of cancer can come back and metastasize to other parts of the body. And in a certain proportion of of papillary thyroid cancer, these um, RET gene fusions are found. And um, Retevmo is really very effective in that type of metastatic papillary thyroid cancer with RET gene alteration. How do you find out that someone has these specific uh, gene alterations? Is there a biopsy done or at what point is this figured out? Yes. Well, so these gene alterations that are in the DNA are only detectable by sequencing, really, of the DNA in a patient's tumor. So a biopsy or the pathology sample when, let's say, the thyroid is removed is what's needed to test for these red gene alterations. And the type of test that's really best to find these types of abnormalities is something called next-generation sequencing. And that typically can be done either in the tumor or increasingly also in blood because DNA from tumors can be shed into the bloodstream. And therefore, we're able to capture circulating tumor DNA and also look for these genomic alterations. If next-gen sequencing is not available um, RET can be detected by other methods. The major trials that tested um, Retevmo, um, it was the Libretto 001 study. Most of those patients had next-generation sequencing. And so the way a patient might have their tumor tested is their physician would recognize that they have, um, obviously, metastatic papillary thyroid cancer or medullary thyroid cancer, and they would send a sample of their tumor tissue or the pathologist would send a sample of their tumor tissue to a lab that would do the genomic sequencing and look specifically for RET gene fusions in papillary cancer or RET point mutations in medullary thyroid cancer. 
So if, if someone's set to have a thyroidectomy, either partial or total, um, and this sequencing is done, and you discover these uh, mutations, then what? Uh, is the drug administered before, during, and after the thyroidectomy? Does it prevent the necessity of a thyroidectomy? So that's a great question. So those patients who typically were having a thyroidectomy generally have early and highly curable um, thyroid cancer. Um, this medication is really approved once the um, cancer has metastasized to another part of the body. And thyroid cancer can go to other organs, um, particularly the lungs and the bone. And so it's only once the cancer has spread or is metastatic is a drug like Ritefmo indicated. So it's not so much around the time of surgery, which some drugs can be administered around the time of surgery in other cancers, but really in early um, papillary thyroid cancer, many um, patients can be cured with uh, surgery like yourself. So if this is observed um, you know, during a biopsy of the tumor, then the surgery is done. I would think these people should have increased surveillance to make sure that, you know, if there's any metastases, that it's caught early. So, you know, there are very guidelines typically that um, physicians follow in terms of surveillance and each different cancer is typically monitored in different ways. And it also depends upon the stage during which the patient is diagnosed. So some um, patients who are diagnosed with very early stage um, thyroid cancer may not need the same amount of surveillance as someone who potentially has other more aggressive features of their cancer. Early stage thyroid cancer is primarily cared for by endocrinologists that have a focus on taking care of patients with thyroid cancer. But once the thyroid cancer um, comes back, and as there are more options for treatment of metastatic thyroid cancer, much of the care now is um, moving more towards medical oncologists. And, and I, I am a medical oncologist, actually, by training. Um, I practiced medical oncology for more than 20 years before I joined Lilly in 2018. And although actually when I was in medical school, my passion was to be an endocrinologist, um, I started to learn more and more about oncology and had um, some, you know, familial uh, experience with cancer that um, really drew me to the field, and I became a medical oncologist. As we better understand the drivers of cancer, um, and in this case, uh, RET alterations, really better able to design medications that can shut off these proteins that are on overdrive. We often refer to these genomic alterations and these tumors in that they're oncogene addicted. And designer medicines such as Retevmo really potently inhibit the proteins that are driving these tumors and are highly selective. And, and really the promise of precision medicine really is a, um, has been realized, I'd say in the, in the past few years, we've made major advances. I, you know, RET gene alterations were, were not even something that were really thought about or discussed when I was in medical school. And, and increasingly we have learned so much about DNA alterations and how they're responsible for cancer. And we've been able to refine our treatments to more selectively shut down the overactive proteins. And we are able to really increase response rates and our ability to shrink cancers 
while also reducing um, side effects as well. Yeah, so are you down-regulating this, this pathway or these, these protein expression, or are you blocking it completely? Like, What's the mechanism of action? Well, yeah, it, it's really a kinase inhibitor. So um, the RET kinase is the protein that's overactive because either there was a gene fusion that included um, the RET gene or a point mutation, let's say in medullary thyroid cancer. And these proteins are really designed to inhibit the primary driver of the proliferation in the tumor. So therefore, response rates really in, in patients can be you know, quite dramatic and really based on a single arm phase two trial, um, the FDA granted approval of Rotevmo in May. M- many drugs previously required large randomized trials to determine whether those drugs were are effective. In the past, we used to have a standard treatment and you would randomize patients to the standard versus the new treatment. But as we design better drugs and can better select patients based on DNA alterations in their tumors, the FDA has now recently approved several drugs based on just single arm, large phase two trials where we um, have very, uh, where a large number of patients have considerable tumor shrinkage. And these patients are able to stay on these drugs for long periods of time. After approval, there are sometimes post-marketing requirements, but in this case, Ritevmo was uh, so effective that the FDA did not require a randomized trial. European regulators are considering uh, approving Ritevmo, and global regulators are evaluating the same trial. And sometimes um, those uh, regulators do want to see randomized data, and therefore a large uh, randomized phase three study evaluating Ritevmo and comparing it to some of the standard of care uh, medicines that have been used um, over the past few years is ongoing. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. What's some of the side effects of the drug? Has that been observed? And how long have people been on this, you know, longitudinally to see the effects so far? The side effects, actually, in general, these drugs are are pretty well tolerated. The most common um, side effects of Ritevmo are some um, changes in liver function, Um, So sometimes we see a bump in what we call liver enzymes. Some patients have mild increases in their blood glucose. Others sometimes see a slight decrease in the white blood cell count. And then um, another side effect that we've seen with Ritevmo is a dry mouth. And, And that's something that patients can either drink more water while they're eating and or sometimes use artificial saliva. Um, and then mild diarrhea is another side effect. But overall, most of these side effects are manageable, and physicians can often help patients remain on these medications, and discontinuate, uh, discontinuation rates are quite low. What if, uh, you know, if someone's had a radioactive iodine, is there any uh, different protocol for those people? No, and actually in papillary thyroid cancer, radioactive iodine is typically something that the endocrinologist might give earlier. And typically, and and radioactive, Ritevmo would be given after patients have had progression on radioactive iodine. Okay. Hmm. 
I want to mention one particular success story that we have had with Ritevmo that has um, been actually highlighted in the news is a, a young man named Tanner who was actually diagnosed with stage four medullary thyroid cancer during his sophomore year of high school. And he had had really already multiple treatments and was having significant um, progression of his underlying metastatic cancer. Um, he had lost a lot of weight. He was really unable to participate in many of the activities that he had previously enjoyed. And he was able to have access to Ritevmo. There were clinical trials and also extended access programs. And he was able to start this medication. And within just a few treatments, he already he started to feel much better. And that's what's really interesting with precision medicine. It's when you, when you really find the right patient and you have the right treatment, you can see rapid improvements that can really help to relieve symptoms. And he was really able to turn back to school and he is really um, still doing quite well on Ritevmo. So the duration of response of these drugs, it's still relatively early and the majority of patients actually remain on, on Ritevmo and are doing quite well. Well, it's FDA approved now. So patients can go to their oncologist and if they have metastatic papillary or medullary thyroid cancer, they can ask their doctor if they would send their tumor um, for next generation sequencing to determine if they have a RET alteration. And if they do, they are eligible to get Ritefmo as we speak. Oh, that's excellent. Okay. Are there any other, uh, you know, common mutations or upregulated pathways that Eli Lilly is looking at targeting, like are they bent on, uh, you know, stopping thyroid cancer no matter what happens to it? Or is it for some reason just this particular pathway was chosen and, you know, has led to this drug? So Lilly has real interest in treating a variety of cancers. So when, when we're thinking about red alterations, it's lung and thyroid, but also there are red alterations across um, many cancers. We call that a tumor agnostic approach when RET can be found in a small percentage of, let's say, pancreas cancer or GI cancers. And if you have that RET alteration, you can enroll in a trial where we're still studying Ritevmo. And we really hope eventually um, that we will be able to bring Ritevmo to more patients that have uh, RET-driven tumors. Yeah, you know, most of the... Uh researchers I talk to or company, they target the real big, bad cancers. I'm not saying thyroid cancer is not big and bad. I mean, in a weird way, it's maybe it's one of the best ones you can get if you get papillary. I don't know. Because um, it has such a high a high rate of you know survivorship. But uh, that's why I was wondering, why why, uh, why thyroid? Like, what's the, the thinking behind Eli Lilly and targeting thyroid cancer at all? I'm just, I'm, again, I'm glad you guys are. I'm very happy. And, you know, I, I hope I don't need your, your drug, of course. But uh, thank God it's there. But why, right. why uh, thyroid cancer? Well, you know, there are more than 50,000 um, new cases of thyroid cancer diagnosed each year um, in the United States. Um, but what's really important about those two types of thyroid cancer, both papillary and medullary thyroid cancer, is that they, they have that RET genomic alteration. So when you have a drug that's designed to shut down the RET kinase, you really look for cancers that have an oncogene addiction to that RET alteration. 
And, and that's why Retevmo has been evaluated in thyroid cancer. So it's really learning about the underpinnings of cancer. You know, what are the changes in the DNA that drive different cancers? There's a number of genomic alterations in lung. Um, RET has been identified in two types of thyroid. And then you can design drugs that um, shut down those um, overactive pathways. And they are designer drugs that are really much more effective than historical treatments such as chemotherapy that really just aimed to treat rapidly dividing cells, which included cancer cells. So it's, it's really the promise of precision medicine. Identify a genomic alteration, you know, design a drug that, that turns off the protein that is overactive because of the, the genomic changes, and, and then define the cancers or find the cancers that are really driven by those changes. And thyroid happens to be one of them. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Again, it's a big reason I'm glad to talk to you guys. You know, secretly, it's because I've had my own issues. But uh, also, too, again, it's rare that anyone pays attention to thyroid health. So I'm glad Eli Lilly does. Doctors are um, increasingly learning that when a patient has metastatic thyroid cancer, that it's important to do the genomic testing to test for the, those, their tumors to see who might have that red alteration because finding those patients and being able to offer Retevmo is what's important. So there's really a two-pronged, you can have the drug, but if you don't test to identify the patients that will benefit, you really can't get the patients that need the drug, the medication. So we are really invested in, in also championing uh, next generation sequencing to really find any genomic alteration, whether that's RET or EGFR um, in lung. Um, it's really important that we're able to apply the science that we've learned, um, find patients who have those alterations, and then offer them the right drug. So how long until uh, someone's able to go to their oncologist and say, hey, am I a candidate for Retevmo? Well, it's FDA approved now. So patients can go to their oncologist and if they have metastatic papillary or medullary thyroid cancer, they can ask their doctor if they would send their tumor um, for next generation sequencing to determine if they have a RET alteration. And if they do, they are eligible to get Retevmo as we speak. Oh, that's excellent. Okay. That's great. I didn't know. I didn't know if between approval and it being active for clinical use, there was a delay, but that's excellent. We launched right after or soon after the, the approval, um, and we, we launched uh, Retevmo really using digital technology and reaching out to our healthcare providers in ways that were safe and were, were in line with, you know, staying at home and reducing face-to-face -face interactions. But we felt it was important since cancer and it presses on to still get the word out about Retevmo, helping doctors to identify the right patients and to let them know that the, the drug had been FDA approved. No, I'm glad you guys did because, you know, like, you know, personally myself, I haven't been able to go for, a, you know, a neck sonogram or ultrasound, I'm sorry, uh, on time because sure. of this. So, you know, yeah, it's I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing what you're doing. So wh what's the, um, the best way for people to find out more about uh you know, Retevmo and, uh, and to, you know, to follow up on this, on this call? Well, I think one important way is that, that patients should ask their physicians. I think that, that really, that we always want to preserve that doctor 
patient relationship. And for patients with metastatic papillary and medullary thyroid cancer, a patient should engage their physicians, um, let them know that they've learned about Ritevmo and, and ask if their t- tumor tissue can be tested for red alteration to see if they might be a patient who can benefit. If you guys come up with a, uh, a drug that regrows your thyroid once it's taken out, I'd be interested in that, but I know that's uh, that's far off in the future. So, Yeah, well, it's an, it's an interesting concept. I, well, one day I want my thyroid back. Maybe it'll be 3D printed and and I'll get it back, but we'll see. Yeah. So thankfully, you can take thyroid replacement, right? And um, right, exactly. Um, yeah. So that 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 was a, that was a huge advance. Um, obviously, our um, endocrine hormones are really essential to life, and but luckily, um, we are able to uh, replace them. Well, excellent, Maura. Thank you for coming on the uh, the podcast. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you so much. If you like this podcast please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.